0: Well, hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody, once again, to another episode of Hindsight is 2200. Thank you so much for coming back for another brand new episode. As always, I'm your host, Chad Michael Bouton, and today we have a great new episode for you, but before I get into that, if you missed the last episode, please be sure to check on Anchor. Had a great time sitting down with a friend of mine, Dr. Kevin Conrad, who's the Director of Medical Service for Guide Dogs of America. Um, it was a great chat to pick his brain. You know, he's kind of like a dog whisperer. If you have ever seen Cesar Milan work his magic, you'd be quite impressed with what Dr. Conrad is able to do when it comes to the guide and service dogs. Anyways, that's about last episode. Today's episode, I am very, very honored to have this guest. Um, I think of him very highly. Um, before I knew exactly what I wanted to do as an advocate, um, I came across an article featuring his words, and it kind of inspired me to go on this crazy journey of life I'm on, on right now. So I'm very happy to have him. He's an advocate, an author, um, an accessibility advocate. Um, he's had the great honor to help work on AAA titles for video games and create accessibility options for disabled people. Um, one of the great honors for him was to work on naughty dogs, the Last of Us part Two. Um, it's amazing to have someone like him on the episode. So please help me welcome the great and powerful Brandon Cole.
1: Great and powerful. Well, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks. For, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, that was a fantastic intro. Um, author is something that I've never been attributed to before. But um, I guess that's referring to the things that I publish on our website and things like that. But yeah that's that's a new one that's a new one for me hey I mean (laughs) I appreciate it
0: absolutely I mean your reviews are um great you know I've been following you for quite some time and you know just for those that are listening my background with um Mr. Cole's work is um when I was laid off from my job with Southeastern Guide Dogs in 2021 um I had to support myself as a janitor because I wasn't getting any support from the disability services to help me find any work and um since I had a lot of free time on my hands, I started getting back into gaming um, because The Last of Us 2 had come out the um, the previous year. And before that I had given up on gaming because I thought that video games was something that I could no longer do because of my disability. And seeing what Naughty Dog was doing with accessibility options, it kind of inspired me to get back into gaming. So had a lot of free time, jumped back into gaming. And um, my mother, shared an article with me that had um, Brandon Cole um, featured in it. And it was a talking about the work he was doing as an accessibility advocate, helping to make games better for people like myself that needed a little bit more help to get through them. And I'm not saying this as hyperbole, but that article was very instrumental to me um, doing what I'm doing now and be trying to get my foot in the door as an advocate and try and make this a better world. So. I do attribute your work um, to what I'm doing today. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure you've been told many times that what you do makes a difference. But uh, truly for me, um, it has made a difference in my life. I, I
1: have. I have been told that. And one of the things, I, one of the things that, uh, that comes to mind every time, uh, because you're right, this is not the first time I've heard stories like this. And then one of the things that comes to mind every time is just the fact that you never know who you'll affect. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do something, anything really, uh, you never know who's going to look at that and, and either be inspired by it or just take something from it that they mm-hmm. will then use in their own and, you know, their own lives, their own careers, you know, anything like that. So you never know. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that kind of revelation has hit me a lot lately. So <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I know that, you know, a lot of people, you know, have told me, it's like, Oh, you're so inspiring and inspirational. And it's like, I don't know if we truly intend to be inspirational it's just you know we kind of just do what we do and if we do change lives in the process then that's great because i mean that's all that we can hope to do for this community
1: yeah i i have the singular purpose of wanting to provide the blind community with experiences that that they don't have Mm -hmm. that's what i'm doing i'm not i'm not doing this for the clout you know i'm not doing this for the the fame and the inspiration Mm -hmm. you know all that fun stuff that's that's that just happens. It's mm-hmm. not something that we seek. It just, it's just, it's just part of it because, you know, you, you, you take something like that on yourself, you take a role like that on yourself, you know, providing experiences like this and you're going to get those people who, you know, I, I've gotten stories from people who've never gamed before blind mm-hmm. people who never tried games at all. Not just people that are getting back into gaming, never tried games before at all until last us too. Mm-hmm. And that's, heavy <laughs> yeah i mean it's,
0: it was definitely a game changer and i mean we will definitely talk about as much of that as we can because of course i know <laughs> there is a lot that you cannot talk about there are some it... <laughs> things i can't say
1: yeah there's, yeah, there's a lot yeah. that i can say now that i couldn't say before but there's right. some things i still can't say
0: yeah um in the in the work that you do ndas are very important to uphold and make sure that you don't break that that promise between the companies
1: yeah and my like- life is NDAs now. That's all. That's all I am.
0: Absolutely, I can imagine. Um, I just saw your most recent um, tweet about um, Hearthstone. Um, so that was yeah. cool to see. So congrats on that.
1: That's pretty epic. I, I'm. I'm. I'm still really. I'm. I'm. St- honestly, not only am I honored by it, I'm. I'm also still freaking out about it because, like, <laughs> I. I just. I love Hearthstone a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I've played it pretty much almost every day. With you know, the only times I've ever missed a day. Is when I was too busy to play it, right. but I played it pretty much every day since since Hearthstone Access came out. And uh, to to be welcomed, I mean, the whole blind community in, in because of this is being welcomed into mm-hmm. the Hearthstone community, and this is really great. And to be a part of that and to be the one that is chosen to do that is pretty great. So absolutely, it's an honor.
0: It's, it's yeah, it has to be an absolute honor to you know help bridge that gap because you know. A lot of what you're doing is you know you, you have taken games that otherwise previously weren't accessible and are now yeah. transforming it to where anybody can play them, and you know that's the big thing is everybody can
1: play it. Yeah, I was recently called the, the spiritual father of a game. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a new game that's coming out in September. It's called Shadows Over Silesia," and uh, it's, it was recently announced that it'd be fully blind accessible. It is a video game. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be fully blind accessible much like the last of Us two mm-hmm. and the developer of that game reached out to me recently and informed me that i am the reason for that even though i, I did not work on this game i did not work on it but it was the inspiration from the last of Us two that led to them uh making their game as, as as accessible as that game and they're even trying to improve on it <laughs> wow. and to that i say great you know like to be clear i'm not like competitive on this like mm-hmm. if you can do it better do mm-hmm. it better because then everyone wins,
2: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, agree.
1: so so I guess I guess even without working on a game, I can make a game accessible.
0: That's <laughs> that's gotta make you feel like crazy. You're just like, okay, does. I didn't even, I, I
1: didn't even help you. Right. I'm, I'm about to stream the demo of this game tomorrow, as as we're recording this tomorrow mm-hmm. as we're recording this, and I'm I'm super excited for one. But I'm also looking for those comparisons because I can't help it. Like, Mm -hmm, you know, they they said that their work was inspired by The Last of Us 2's accessibility. So I want to know what parts of it, you know, I want to I want to figure that out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. And of course, we will definitely get into the work you did on The the Last of Us 2. But before we get to that, I just would like to, um, you know, just take the time to let my listeners know uh, a little bit more about yourself. So um, sure. Can you just, you know, give us a little bit of a background about um, who uh, Brandon
1: Cole is? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Cole is a creature of many hats. Um, (laughs) I have done a lot of things. Um, I am primarily an accessibility consultant and advocate, as as was already said. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have, you know, I'm also a podcaster. I have a podcast myself, which has kind of been on hiatus for the past few months, but it is coming back,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, called the Breakdown Walls podcast. I also... Do uh, blogs and reviews, which are also kind of mentioned as well. Um, but I would also do voice acting on the side, which is uh, something that is not not common, but it's something I do. So that's awesome. You know, I've I've recently become an audio description narrator. Uh, I've done some of that work. Um, yeah, I just I do a lot of things. I do a lot of interviews. I do a lot of uh, public speaking at events, mm-hmm. conferences. Um, there is a panel coming up at PAX, uh, very nice. soon that I am in. So yeah, it's a digital panel. So I'm not going to PAX, but it's, you know, it's a thing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, 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 uh, it's all of it is intended to feed off everything else. Um, right. I stream on Twitch as well. I stream gameplay on Twitch. I do live accessibility reviews of games on Twitch. So if, um, if there's a new game coming out and I happen to have uh, contact with a publisher, I might get a code for that game. And what mm-hmm. I'll do if I get a code for that game is I'll do as soon as, as, soon as uh, the embargo allows us to stream it, I will stream the game and do a live accessibility review where I break down the game mm-hmm. and talk about its features, talk about how it is accessible or how it is not accessible, um, the things that are good and the things that are not, um, to have a really, really clear picture of it. Um, generally, my philosophy with those reviews is stay positive. Mm-hmm. I encourage my chat to stay positive as well. We're not here to bash the developer, we're here to evaluate their game. This mm-hmm. game, on its own, individually, um, you know, and so we, we, uh, you know, we do that, and then I send those videos uh, to my contacts at the publishers to, you know, just, just to kind of subtly influence them even a little bit more, just right. to say, hey, this is what you could do to make your game even more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you never know who sees those things. You know, I, I, I've been told by some, you know, who sees those things, but sometimes you never know, like. Before, before I was told, I had no idea that uh, some people from Blizzard had watched my Diablo 3 content that I made back mm-hmm. years ago. Um, they used that to, uh, to kind of push the idea of, of blind accessibility in, in later Diablo games. So hopefully, hopefully, mm-hmm. that'll happen one day. But, uh, but we'll see. But yeah, it's just all, everything that I do is meant to feed in everything else that I do. Um, yeah. You know, I, I am doing all these things to educate, to advocate, and to you know, in, in every single thing that I do just make, just help bring accessibility, the idea of accessibility and accessibility itself to the masses, just convincing, convincing the world that accessibility should be everywhere and then helping make that happen.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. No. Yeah. And you know, you know, the big thing that, you know, you help with, definitely is the exposure and education, Um, because you know, for those from the outside looking in, um, the language, the, the, the nuances in the language that we use throughout the community can be very confusing to people. Uh, yeah, that's I right. know you for sure have heard. Oh well, what's the difference between blind and legally blind? And you yep. know, or like, yep. or like, why would you play a video game if you can't really see? <laughs> you know,
1: the, yeah, because those... it's called a video game <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, like you know, I can completely understand you having to help. You know, break down those walls and like yeah. educate people yeah. and expose them to the fact that there is a, a quite a large community of disabled gamers that are just waiting and hoping that companies will hear their voices.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing is, that is a commitment too. Like, uh, take my streams, for example, if I'm streaming a game and someone new comes in, someone mm-hmm. that has never been in my stream before, and they're a sighted person, for instance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even if the let's let's say another new person came in half an hour ago mm-hmm. same 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 thing, sighted person, new person in my streams came in and asked a question about how I played that that game that I'm playing, whatever that game is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would have answered that question, and then I would have answered it again mm-hmm. for the new person. That's the commitment like mm-hmm. i i I will always answer questions for a newcomer always, right. uh, even if it even if I interrupt my gameplay to do it because that's why I'm actually doing it. so yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean. And you know, it doesn't matter if it gets repetitive. Um, it's the fact that that person is new, and like you said, they probably don't know the answer to the question they're asking. So yeah. it does no one a service if you don't take the time to answer questions, whether they be the same or different over and over again.
1: Yeah. If if, if as long as they're willing to learn, I'm willing to mm-hmm. teach them. So
0: absolutely. I mean, you can't fix the
1: beliefs and behavior. Can't fix the trolls.
0: Yeah. Well, that that too. <laughs> that's that's that too. <laughs> there are trolls yeah there's there are some people that unfortunately no matter how much we educate them they're just not going to get it (laughs) and that's unfortunate because you know you know they could help us but it's whatever
1: (laughs) it is it is but we've come a long way though you know yeah we definitely have I, i i like i like mentioning this i like bringing this up because it really just shows in in a very simple way how far we've come when i first went to gdc in 2014 Uh, to do my very first panel about blind accessibility in video games. Um, I went to the show floor um, where they were showing off new and upcoming games from a bunch of developers, including many indie developers. And I approached one of the indie developers who was making a shooter game, and I don't remember what the name of it is. I don't even know if it was successful or not. You know, Who knows? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I, uh, started talking to him about his game, and he was was very willing to talk about his game, even to a blind person. So I'll give him that much. Mm -hmm. But... But when I, when I broached the idea to this guy of making his shooter game accessible, he literally, I'm not, I'm not making this up, he laughed. Wow. He laughed. In 2014, he laughed. Yeah. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I love to meet that guy now <laughs> and say, hey, buddy, remember that talk that we had back in 2014 where you laughed at me? You know what I've done since then? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's completely changed. I mean, that's the reason that I'm gaming again is because it's changed. You no, know, yeah. I, I gave up gaming and I always remember like calling my mom crying, telling her like I, I can't see anymore to play video games. And yeah, you know, yeah, that man. sounds silly to to, to to you listeners, but for me, not to me. I've been playing games since the nineties, you know, my first game was Pokemon Red for the Game Boy Color. And I fell in love with games from the second I turned on that Game Boy Color. And for me, gaming was my way out. It allowed me to be a character that wasn't disabled and wasn't having to worry about losing their vision. And that escapism helped me so much cope with depression and anxiety. So when I thought there was an actual point in my life where I'm like, I can no longer enjoy gaming. It was soul crushing. Yeah. And then to see, cause it was like 2016, 2017. And I was just, you know, I wasn't really in the accessibility scene at that point. So I didn't really know everything that was going on. But yeah. then of course I found the last of us part two and that's where everything started to change. And I really started to see a big increase and in just the amazing, advances they were making in
1: accessibility. Yeah, the shift is on, my friend. Mm-hmm. The shift is on. It's it's happening more than you know we've ever imagined really. Like um the last two, you know, really is a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People are like, "Oh, this is real. It can be done now." Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes technology we yeah, can build it.
0: Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it takes like that one true like trendsetter is just like sometimes and they just have to see that they can, that you can do it. And, you know, it's probably The Last of Us 2 didn't have to be the first one, but it's good that it no. was the first one because it has snowballed so much faster than I think, you know, something other than that game would have probably, you know, and maybe, maybe it would have taken a little bit longer if it was a different game, but it seems like since The Last of Us Part 2, I mean, the last two years just in itself there's been so many advances just within two years.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been, you know, even though there haven't been a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot more playable AAA titles since mm-hmm. last was two. Um, there have been inspirations. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, you really keep your, if you, if you really keep your ears to the ground, there has been effects on AAA games from mm-hmm. the last was two already. Um, one of the examples I love to bring up is Assassin's Creed Valhalla Yes, is, is, not, is not fully blind playable. Let's be clear, not mm-hmm. fully blind playable. However, even though they're not fully blind playable, you can see the inspirations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has a, a audio cue for enemies and items when mm-hmm. you scan, when you do your Odin sight scan in that game, just like The Last of Two does. Yep. Assassin's Creed Valhalla improved their narration Post launch, they improved the narration to include uh things like uh letters you could find on the ground to read, like lore lore bits,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like last of us two. You know, <laughs> the inspirations are there. It's right. just we're still kind of getting to that point where AAA A developers are reaching the level of understanding that is required. And also games take a long time to develop too. Mm-hmm. So, like a lot of games, a lot of games that are coming out now were already in development when Last of Us 2 came out. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a while before we see a lot of games on this level, but it is still happening. And, you know, like I said, with this game coming out in September, uh, Shadows over Silesia, I mean, mm-hmm. that's directly inspired by The Last of Us too. So you are seeing it now mm-hmm. and you're going to see just, there's going to be more and more of it as time goes on. Right.
0: There's the little dog.
1: <laughs> yep. The little one.
0: Yep. So how did you get started in, um, your consulting work? Um, have you always had a career or a background in um, tech, um, you know, accessibility? Um, I was just, I'm just curious as to how you got started.
1: Yeah, so the way this got started was actually uh, very interesting. It's, it's not the typical pathway, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, so I have always been, uh, and this is something that I've realized in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've always been an accessibility consultant in my head, right? And the reason I the reason I say that is because. Every time I ran up against a game that I couldn't play, mm-hmm. I still always thought about what I would need to be able to play that game. Like, right. how would I make this playable? I, I always thought about that stuff. And my now fiance, uh, Misty, she realized that I always thought about this stuff because I always told her. She would always mm-hmm. play games for me back, you know, back when we first met. Right. And um, so she, she noticed this, that I, that I would always mention these things. And she said three words that really started the whole thing. And those three words were, you should blog. Mm. And, and uh, this was around 2005, 2006. And I love, I love saying this part because the, the, uh, the 2005, 2006 uh, kids know what I'm talking about when I say it. Um, so I, my, my initial response was, I can't blog. I have a live journal and I can't even keep up with that. <laughs> that was my initial response. But uh, she convinced me to do it. And I did start to blog about my thoughts about accessibility, and at first, I really was terrible at it. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I think I posted like a post a year <laughs> for a while. It was really bad, but um, but I did it, and that was enough to get me noticed by a developer named Brian Schmidt who was putting together a GDC panel on mobile games and the people, the mobile developers who had added accessibility to their games uh, for for blind people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. They invited me to that GDC panel as the blind gamer perspective. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I was back then, just mm-hmm. the blind gamer perspective. Um, because they, it was a bunch of mobile developers who had done something to their games. Each each had done a different thing um, to make their game accessible. Like the the developer of Zombies Run was there. Mm-hmm. Um, the developer of Mud Rammer, which is a mud client for iOS uh, was there as well. Um, and they, they talked about what they had done to their games to make them accessible. And I talked about the importance of accessibility and why this mattered to me mm-hmm. and things like that. That's why I was there. So I did that panel. Did pretty well at that panel, was told by my my uh, you know, cohorts in that panel that I had quote, killed it. Uh, <laughs> so, so it was good, it was a good experience. But the thing that panel did was introduce me to Ian Hamilton. And Ian Hamilton oh my God. Uh, is a well-known advocate for accessibility. Uh, probably the best known advocate for overall accessibility in the industry right now Mm -hmm. um because he you know he advocates for everything every type of disability he he has something to do with advocating for it great uh, a great
0: person just a great person
1: yeah Yeah. so ian hamilton was at that panel as a co-moderator so i met him there and he must have liked what i did because he then invited me three years later to the very first ever game accessibility conference to speak there that's awesome and That is where everything changed because
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Ian in his, in infinite wisdom um, thought to tell us uh, before we started, before the speeches started, uh, before those of us who were speaking, um, he wanted us to, he wanted to make sure that we all knew who was represented in the audience that day. So he mentioned to me that Naughty Dog was in the Mm -hmm. audience. So, so I took that information and I worked into my speech and this is, this is in the recording. You can hear this in the recording. I worked into my speech, man, what I wouldn't give to play a game like the last of us. And that those words are what inspired um, the representatives from Naughty Dog to talk to me that day.
0: Wow. Again, that's goosebumps.
1: Yeah. So they, they, so they they approached me after the speech was over, and we talked for about an hour. And we, it was actually very general at that point. It was just like, you know, what would you do? Like, if you mm-hmm. could make Lasso accessible, if you could make Uncharted accessible, you know, just just our games, you know, mm-hmm. what would you do? So very general. And um, so even then, to, perfectly honestly, this is completely true. I had no idea that anything was starting right then. Right. I really didn't know that. Um, genuinely, did not know that. But we talked about an hour about accessibility in general. And a couple weeks later, I get an email from Naughty Dog and one (laughs) one of their representatives asking me to fly down to the studio and sell the entire team on this idea. And I said, (laughs) yeah, okay. Um, And I knew, you know, I'd been around long enough, even then to know that when I flew down to that studio to sell the entire team on this idea, I knew that what I was also doing was selling myself as the guy who could help them make, make this happen. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was, that I was doing that. So I, I approached it very carefully. Um, But also I wanted to be very clear about what was needed and and why it was so important. Mm -hmm. So I, um, they gave me the chance. They basically allowed me to dictate how I wanted to do this. So they gave me a chance to set things up. Um, They gave me, you know, they're like, is, is there any games you want to demonstrate during this event? And so I gave them a few games that I wanted to show. Um, and they could, you know, their PlayStation, they could just get those games. It's not a problem. Like as long as the games are on PlayStation, they can get access to those games. Right. Um, so gave them a few games, but I included their own game. I included Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm. And I included it because it, it had been celebrated for accessibility, not wrongly, Right, Uncharted Four is a very accessible game for motor impairment now, mm-hmm. yes. uh, because of the features that were added for those for, for that that specific uh, group of people, uh, thanks to Josh Straub. Josh Straub was the, the the father of that. Um. So I had them bring up Uncharted Four because it was lauded for its accessibility, and I said, okay, let me show you. <laughs> let me show you why I can't play Uncharted Four. I had them load up the one, of the, one of the first scenes in that game is a scene where you're young Nathan Drake and you're mm-hmm. jumping across a bunch of rooftops to get to your brother. You're trying to meet up with your brother <laughs> and follow him to a, a secret destination. And so I had them load up that scene and I said, okay, now I'm sure that this scene looks great. I'm sure that the, the art is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the view from the rooftops is gorgeous. Watching your brother Sam jump from rooftop to rooftop is probably really cool and well animated but let me prove to you that I don't have enough information to play this game. And I then proceeded to make a point. I then proceeded to fall off the roof several times, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it had to be crazy um, to basically make them face their own game. in that situation yep. and be like, okay. they have
1: been awarded a game that had been awarded regarding accessibility that's why it was so important too that was another part of it like the game had been celebrated for accessibility already Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's not incorrect it should be celebrated but this is why it's not accessible enough Mm -hmm. for from from you know me and the blind community to play this game Mm
0: -hmm. yeah definitely and you know that's the point is you know some games definitely they are lauded for their accessibility features but it's like um well, it's only one community, and it's not for the rest. So you know, yeah, it's kind of yeah. making them understand. It's like it's it's great what you've done for motor and maybe even the deaf community, but um, you're still missing a few of the other communities.
1: Yeah, Gears Gears Five really got to me when it came to that. Yeah, I, I have a I have a pretty infamous rant about Gears Five and when it came out. was mm-hmm. the Twitter post is a uh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> i did not i did not take it lightly on those guys uh no and i mean sometimes
0: you know people might believe that we're screaming and ranting but i mean it, it doesn't come from a place of negativity or hate it's nope. from a place of just do
1: better we want to play your games yeah why can't we you know yeah, exactly can I mean, we work to make this happen? We want to work with developers too. Mm, like that's the thing too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything we say, even the things that seem angry, we just want to. We just want to play these games, and we want to. We want to help developers make them accessible for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so. you know, and that's kind of what you know. I have you know found very you know, i, I found quite early on. You know, I've had the privilege of publishing a couple articles. Um, you know. Like one that I'll never, you know, thank them enough is, you know, Nintendo life allowed me to review the switch and its games. And, you know, nice. I, I, you know, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was my first actual way of getting into advocacy work and accessibility. And, you know, I definitely can understand where you're coming from when it comes to ranting and raving, because it's just like, there's a lot of Nintendo games that do so great for like, deaf and sensory but then it's like when it comes to the visually impaired it's just bare bones or nothing there's, yeah at there's all.
1: nearly nothing yeah, yeah nearly nothing at all
0: and it's just like it's like how can you guys be doing so great in other fields but completely ignoring others and not even considering how you could even put at least one thing in that would then lead to the right you know steps forward
1: yeah yeah i mean i hope i hope they'll get there i mean <clears throat> I've heard that a lot of the problem with Nintendo is, unfortunately, um, they are an even more Japanese company than Sony is. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean, like, Sony has has very much westernized itself, I guess mm-hmm. is the term that, that yeah. is used. No, I mean, that's but, kind uh, of, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Nintendo has done less of that. And um, mm-hmm. Japanese culture, um, from what I've heard, tends to look down on disabled people more than the Western cultures do. So they so they don't they don't feel the urgency that we would like them to feel right now so hopefully that changes but mm-hmm.
0: no yeah i was asked you know. by um a reporter over in the uk for a, a project he was doing he's just like um so why do you th- cuz you kind of it he's like it kind of seems like you're saying that eastern versus western can be a, a thing i was like it's like well i don't know that for sure and i don't and i don't want to like say like i'm claiming it's because it's a cultural difference but it does appear at least to be a cultural difference
1: between. Yeah. I, I've heard from a couple of people that that's mm-hmm. the case, and, you know? Yeah. It, and that's, that's unfortunate, but I, I, I really want to get past that. Yeah. I, do I would too. love to, I would love to go to Japan and talk to Nintendo. I would, oh, that I would 100% be awesome. love to do that.
0: That'd be so cool. Cause I just think they need a little kick in the pants to be honest.
1: Yeah. I can give them that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that, um, the the you know the work you did for Last of Us Part Two is kind of just laid off of that convention that um, Mr. Hamilton you know allowed you yeah. to be a part of and yeah. you know, it's crazy to think that you had you know it, it's basically it was starting right there and they kind of wanted you from the beginning
1: yeah and then uh, from that point you know that's that's when I kind of realized that um, this is this is this was it like this mm-hmm. is what I want to do with my my life mm-hmm. you know um, when when I was having that discussion, I think, I think part of my, my brain was already there at GA Conf. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I was having the discussion with Naughty Dog after my speech, just the general discussion, I was still thinking, this is great. Like, this is, this is, this is what I should be doing. Um, And when I was invited to the studio for the first time, I was like, yep, there's, there's the confirmation I needed. (laughs) Like, you know, and so, you know, Dang. I haven't looked back since I, I left, I left a full-time job. Oh, wow. Um, when I, when I was, uh, when I first started with Naughty Dog in 2017, even then I was still working a full-time job. I, I worked at a call center for 10 years
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I left and I said, you know, I, I, I have found the thing that I, I think I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I left. And awesome. uh, it was a scary thing. It's, it's, it's still kind of a scary thing <laughs> because, Only now have I reached the point where, you know, in case the listeners aren't aware, as blind people, uh, if you're not working, you can get Social Security benefits in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, every month. And only now, only as of honestly this past month, I'll be honest with you, this past month, I have finally reached the point where I'm no longer eligible.
0: That is awesome.
1: Which is great. It's it's. It's not a bad thing. No. It's it's weird. I know you know. I know you know. Like listeners are like, well, okay, that's terrible. I'm sorry. No, it's great because it is kind of a crutch. I hate to say that, but it's kind of a crutch because when you're getting those benefits, you can only make so much money per month. You're only allowed to make so much money per month.
0: No. So
1: even though even though you're getting money from them, it's also holding you back.
0: Oh yeah! Can we um, get me started on that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get uh, super into it, but I just, just want to <laughs> clarify that for the listeners out there. No, no, it's the, good like, to let
0: them know. I mean, it's because, good. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, because... it's it's good that I've that I've reached this point, but it's also a little scary too because it is, it is. You know, for a while, it's probably going to be a little less coming in for the next mm-hmm. couple of months. Hopefully, I can get enough work to 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 justify you know that. But. Um, but it is ultimately good because now I'm no longer held back. Now I can do as much work as I want to mm-hmm. uh, without having to worry about that. So, no, so it is a good thing Yeah, that's while awesome. also being a scary thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I won't go into it much further as well, piggybacking off of that. But um, for those that are curious, um, basically for those that are on Social Security, especially for, you know, I'll, just speaking from the blind perspective and legally yeah. blind, Um, You can only have, at least for me, I I don't know if it was different for you, but $2,000 at one time in your collected accounts. So if you have a savings and a checking, then together you can only have $2,000 in both accounts. And if any time you ever go over, you owe them money because you have to pay them back because they paid you when they shouldn't be paying you. And it basically becomes this never-ending battle of... um, well, I still need help, but we can't help you because you went over, or for some reason, because you, you made too much one month, you no longer qualify. So it becomes very, very annoying. So when he says, I no longer qualify, I actually that's celebrate a great that thing. for him because it's a great thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a great thing. Yeah, that's yeah. what
0: we want to get to.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, it feels good to be there. But at the same time, like I said, it's it's, it's it's a little scary to start out with because mm-hmm. you know it is it is less money at first because you mm-hmm. you you were, you know, it was it was, the thing about this work too is this work is not consistent. You mm-hmm. know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if I don't have a client, I don't have work. And right. uh, you know, I am lucky enough to have a couple of really cool clients right now. I have, I have some AAA things going on. That's awesome. But but so I'm lucky enough to have that uh, right now. But mm-hmm. if I didn't, I'd be in a much much worse uh, place, I think. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And that, you know, that is, that is the one thing to keep in mind for, you know, people that do consulting, um, and have to sell themselves to clients. Um, you know, it's something that definitely I have found out very early on is definitely, um, you know, you got to try and make sure that you can get those people that will want to work with you. And, you know, there can be a, a stretch of time where, Nothing seems to really be coming in. And that can be very nerve wracking. But um, honestly, um, like you yourself has said, this is what you want to do. And this is what I want to do. So yeah, you have to believe in it. And I mean, you can't give up on it, even if there's like maybe a couple of weeks where it kind of seems like there's a dry spell, you just have to continue to hold on to the fact that you're going to get that client when it's the right time.
1: Yeah, I've I've pushed pretty hard on this, and it's paid off for me. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty lucky, I think.
0: No, no, you you are, you're doing amazing work. I mean, I I you know your articles and reviews, you know, I I love. Just wait till you see said. what I'm actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm excited to see what you are doing because you you have your fingers in a lot of different things, and um, yep, it's, that's true. It's great what you're doing. I mean, you're definitely um, just what you've already done has already made such a big difference. I mean. Again, we go back to The Last of Us Part 2. I mean, that game was so groundbreaking. And I mean, it rightfully so deserved to get best accessibility at the game awards because to yeah. me, that yeah. there was no other game that deserved it, to be honest. It's,
1: it's it's literally the reason that I, I refer to myself in my bios everywhere as an award-winning accessibility consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, because while none of those awards went directly to me, mm-hmm. uh, it is my belief that my work on that game affected its placement in award, mm-hmm. you know, ceremonies. Absolutely. I mean, blind blind accessibility wasn't the only type of disability in that game. I mean, there's plenty of things yeah. for plenty yeah. of different disabilities, but my work was definitely a big part of it because it was the first ever AAA game fully accessible to blind people. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely a big part of it. So I, I take, I, I have learned this, is, <laughs> believe it or not, this, this is one of the hardest things, uh, it's, it's a lot harder than it sounds to say this and it, it, you know i don't i don't mean to sound like it, you know egotistical or anything but honestly i have learned to actually take credit
2: mm-hmm.
1: does that make any sense like no absolutely it is so hard when you're starting out doing this work to take credit
2: mm-hmm.
1: it really is because like there's like what what is it like um like inferiority complexes mm-hmm. you know like i know absolutely you, you, you start, you wonder if you're worthy of, of that kind of the things that people are saying about you and the fact that you deserve this and stuff like that. You wonder if you're worthy of that. Mm -hmm. Um, because it comes on so quickly when it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was hard for me to, to accept that I had done a really good and important thing, even though people were saying it, Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me for a long time to accept it and to accept that I was worthy of doing things like, Oh, you know, You did this great work with PlayStation, you should feel confident in asking them for things now. Like Mm -hmm. I've now reached a point where I can I have people I know that I can reach out to. If I want a game code to review for accessibility, I can Mm -hmm. reach out and get it. But before, I was terrified to even ask them. Like, I don't know if like I don't know if you think that I'm (laughs) I'm good enough for this. Like, but I know my channel isn't like super big. It's like you know a couple thousand followers, but like, can I have a code for this? You know? But now I need to be like, hey, hey, yo, want to do this review (laughs) for you. Can I get that code? And they'd be like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, why are you even asking us? They do it, though. (laughs) They do it, though. Well, and sometimes I don't have to ask now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing, too. That's another another thing that's happened to me lately. Sometimes I don't even ask for a code, and I get an email. Yeah. Here, we want to offer you this. I'm like, okay. All right.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Wasn't planning
1: to, but I can do it. Yep.
0: Yep. (laughs) Oh no, but I, I completely um, uh, you know, can I, I so totally understand where you're coming from because you know, that's kind of where I've been at the last couple of months is being like, do I really deserve what I'm doing right yeah. now? And yeah. should I really be asking for stuff? And it's just yeah, like, I, I had mean, that for a long I'm time. I'm not
1: big. <laughs> I had but, that for a very long time. Yeah. I'm talking, just... I'm talking I'm talking, I really honestly talking until fairly recently. Like mm-hmm. I had that post last was to launch
2: yeah
1: post launch i still had that like really are you sure (laughs) like post playstation giving me a review playstation 5 yeah post playstation giving me a uh a gift playstation in a box that was specially designed for me specifically with braille on it with a message to me specifically thanking me for my work at playstation i still had that
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So it's, it's, a, it's a real thing.
1: It's a real yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't know. Maybe it just comes from us being excluded for so many years. Or... I think that's
1: part of it. I yeah. think that's a large part of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just trying to think because I'm pretty sure we're not the only visually impaired people that feel that way. I'm pretty sure a lot of visually impaired and just disabled people in general feel that way. And I think it's because society for so long has not been... um you know developed or you know created for us to really be a part of
1: yeah that's true that's true and i think that's i think that is a large part of it um just kind of getting over that that feeling Mm -hmm. of inclusion and and feeling what it's like to be included Mm -hmm. and not only to be included but to be like considered among the upper echelon of Mm -hmm. experts on this subject like that's 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 new like even Mm -hmm. now i'm like it's it's i'm getting used to it i think I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm i think i'm getting there. You know, like I said, I'm not afraid to ask for things anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in in some ways, it's still new to be considered. Like, if 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 you want to know about blind accessibility, you go to Brandon Cole, and I'm like, right. huh, all right. I, mean, I guess people <laughs> people do people definitely do that. <laughs> I guess I'm worthy of that. Okay, then. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's definitely been probably been crazy for you to just see your career and then the way the the community and the industry now as viewed you and has come to view you because of course yeah it's easy to look back and see where you were and you know to where you are now
1: yeah it's yeah yeah it's i still have all those memories you know <laughs> i still remember being laughed at and laughed at in 2014 um yeah but that's but gonna to, be
0: so great to now be able to look back but who's on laughing
1: this. now yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like not so funny now but he saw that's your right.
0: name he saw your name was like
1: dang it i messed up on Man. that one I hope he did. Like, I I don't remember his name. I don't remember what game he was working on. But, man, I hope he saw it.
0: (laughs) Uh, That probably keeps him up at night some days.
1: (laughs) I hope it does. I hope it does. I hope we get an email from him and say, I'm the guy that left you in 2014. Remember me? (laughs) I'm very sorry about that. that Would you like to work on my next game? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be the best email. He has to start off with an apology. That'd be be amazing. Mm. I'd be like... I would love to, but you know, my rate has gone up since then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding on that last part.
0: I'm yeah, kidding we, on that last we part. We joke,
1: we joke. I definitely do joke. And and the thing is like, genuinely, I do want to work on as many games as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I do have, I call this the, uh, I call this the, I have a heart clause right, um, of my of my rate. So I do have a, a pretty, pretty good rate um, right. that, my clients confirmed that I am worth so that's fine. Um, <laughs> but if 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 you're a small developer that doesn't have a lot of money and can't pay me my rate, we can work it out. I promise that. Right. Yeah. You know, like it's it's fine. We'll work yeah, it
0: out Yeah, yeah, no absolutely. I mean, I think you know, of course money is great and um every job needs to have some money in it. <laughs> you know well, yeah I, I mean I do need
1: money because <laughs> yeah. now this is my this is the way I make a living now. Yeah, this absolutely. Is it.
0: But still, at the end of the day, you understand where they're coming from and why they are needing you. And yeah. of course, you know, for you, it's like let's make something happen because all we're gonna do at the end of the day is make um, things better and continue yeah. to further accessibility.
1: Yeah, it's a win to work on these projects. So mm-hmm. let's let's work it out. You yeah, know
0: exactly. So talk to me about, um, you know, what you can when it comes to The Last of Us Part Two. Um, so you said that it really started back in 2017. Is that when you started really working on the development?
1: Yeah, um, it started pretty early on in 2017. I mm-hmm. did some very, very early play tests when there wasn't much to the game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically went over ideas for early things. You know, the first, one of the first things we did was navigational assistance Mm -hmm. um because that's something that um you know was very important to that game obviously because it is it is figuring out how to make a blind person uh give the blind people the ability to go through a 3d environment like this so Mm -hmm. that was one of the most important things that's one of the first things we worked on and it's the first thing i tested actually the first thing i ever tested uh for the game was navigational assistance and it It went through some iterations, which I can't talk about the specific iterations Mm -hmm. of it. But what I can say is those iterations ended up creating new features as well. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite features, and I want to talk about this feature because it really stands out to me, even though it's so in the background. Mm -hmm. If you're you're a blind player who doesn't know about this feature, it's so in the background, you'll never know. But that's why I love to talk about it. So... (laughs) along with nav assistance in last two, we have a feature called traversal assistance. Mm-hmm. And that does way more than you might realize that it does. Um, in on its basic level, on the, on the level that you'll notice, it will automatically hop over certain things in your way. Things that mm-hmm. are things that you can jump over that are in your way. As long as you're walking towards them, it'll hop over them for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you will still get a jump prompt sometimes, but it'll just do it for you if you're close enough. <laughs> right. So, so that's on that's on its basic level. That's the thing that a lot of blind people are aware that it does. Mm-hmm. But it does so much more than that. So, for example, um, this is the example I love to give because I think it demonstrates the best how it does things in the background you don't even realize it's doing. One of the things that we found out during early testing was that jumping through windows as a blind person is hard, <laughs> um, because even if you smash a window and even if you can hear the glass falling. Mm-hmm. To then properly face the window to the point where the game recognizes that you want to jump through it Mm -hmm. is actually a lot harder than it sounds. And it's something Mm -hmm. that I struggled with during early testing. So this, I think, is probably where the idea of Traversal Assistance came from. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things Traversal Assistance does is if you break a window that you can jump through, um, you'll get a jump prompt. And if you press X to do that jump prompt, Traversal Assistance is what subtly very subtly grabs your character for a second takes mm-hmm. control for just a second and turns you to the exact angle you need to be to get that jump mm-hmm. and then you do the jump yeah the reason jumping through with this is not hard for blind people now is because traversal systems is helping you even if you don't know it is
0: yeah absolutely and we've seen um other games start to do more traversal um, um accessibility options i mean um I know um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has a lot of traversal things, like with the grappling hook um, and like the um, the hover boots and stuff like that. So um, you can kind it of does. definitely
1: that, that that game that game comes close. Oh, yeah. it, it could just mm-hmm. just a few more things. <laughs> it's just yeah. a few more things in that game might be playable. No, absolutely.
0: But you can see kind of the inspiration. Like you can see oh, yeah. it's, definitely it's like yeah, this definitely is something that people are picking up on. And so, oh, yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's definitely there. Ratchet & Clank mm-hmm. Rift Apart has a feature that is literally called Ledge Guard, which mm-hmm. is the same feature The Last of Us 2 has. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's not only there, it's directly there. Yeah.
0: But, you know, that's big is the navigational assistance because, you know, the thing that I um, always see with a lot of games is they will have so many features for visually impaired gamers, but then they'll lack, like, the most important one. And that's yeah. a lot of the mm-hmm. times, navigational assistance. And it's just like, okay, how can you have all these other features, but then not have the one that makes it to where I can actually start using them?
1: <laughs> you know, the great thing is those, those games that have a lot of features that help, but um, not, not even just a lack of one, just mm-hmm. as the features themselves aren't 100% complete. So like
2: mm-hmm.
1: one of the games that really got to me, that is, I, I actually am quoted as saying, it's so close it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is Spider Man Miles Morales, mm-hmm. uh, and the, subsequently the remaster of Spider Man Twenty Eighteen. Uh, those games have Navassist, right? And <clears throat> as long as you're swinging across the city, Navassist works,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it works really well. And it it just it's just it blew my mind when I first messed around with those games, just started trying to play them, mm-hmm. blew my mind. But then. You go into a smaller uh, scale thing instead of swinging around the city. You go, you know, inside a building, and mm-hmm. then you try to navigate inside a building, and that just doesn't work so well anymore. Right. <laughs> um, and I guess I think the reason is, um, instead of doing what the was did, where they they set they established you know manual markup for mm-hmm. each individual waypoint in that game, which is you know is a nuts thing to do, but they did it anyway. <laughs> um, instead of doing that, I think what they did was they basically had the Navacist work kind of as the crow flies. Mm -hmm. So if you're swinging through the city, there's kind of nothing Spider-Man can't do. Right. Right. It doesn't matter if there's anything in your way because he'll latch onto it and you'll swing over it. So it doesn't really matter. So you can go as the crow flies. You're Mm -hmm. not really, you're not hindered in any way because you're Spider-Man, you know? Uh, So I think that's why it works in those situations. But then when you get into a building, when you have to worry about doors and walls, Mm -hmm. you know, stairs and things uh, and small spaces, uh, It doesn't work there because the the waypoints aren't set up to work that way but it's so close right i mean there's there's so much like even the way that those games use haptics for collectible finding Mm -hmm. so we can actually get the collectibles in those games that's amazing yeah uh the the um the web shooters have auto aim that's amazing Mm -hmm. it's so close yeah that it hurts yeah no <laughs> it's no just, I it's complete, just not complete <laughs> i know and I, I know and i remember
0: reading that article and it's just like man that has to suck because it's just like ah oh, it's so close you just missed yeah, this I one mean,
1: thing yeah i completed the intro of spider-man miles morales without any help at all and i was like okay i can play it that's it i did it and yep. then I, you can't you can't do so much after that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Because now, I was but... lucky enough that the intro of Spider-Man Miles Morales takes place outdoors. <laughs> That's the only reason I was able to complete it.
0: It's kind of like pulling the the, the
1: wool over your eyes. Just, just like, oh, yeah, yeah I it's can like, do this. Look at this accessible game. Like, oh, I'm so impressed. And, and then, then you then get he... you get to one yeah. building. In fact, it's your house. You get to your own house, uh, and you can't navigate it because it's in a building. <laughs> That's a slap in the face. <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's you know. You, you know you definitely see you know the work that you did with Naughty Dog and The Last of Us Part 2 really you know inspiring a lot of other games
1: and yeah it I, is it is it's it shows
0: yeah and you know and I saw a um a post on Twitter uh, a couple like maybe it was like last week it, it it was very recently where you know I don't want to get into like you know putting stuff out there but um there was someone on Twitter basically we kind of trying to oh. Um, discredit I know where going. discredit what um, the last of us part 2 was doing and you were yep. basically saying how like no um, you were trying to like explain to them like this and that but the one thing that stood out is like anytime i told them something they did it or they tried to find a way to do it and make it work yeah and i think yeah. that's amazing to hear from a company like naughty dog i mean for those that remember back in the day Naughty Dog's been around for a long time. I mean, a long time. Crash Bandicoot, um, you know Jack and Daxter. I mean, they were back in the days where platformers were the big thing, and they were one of the big platformer companies. But you know, yeah. But you know, it's just great to hear that they were so dedicated to your insight and why. Yeah, they were
1: super receptive, Mm -hmm. and one of the coolest things that I like saying. Because you don't you don't see this all the time. Trust me, you don't see this all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I was told uh, by one of my one of the one of the one of the more higher up uh, contacts at Naughty Dog. I was told that um, basically every single person on the Naughty Dog team touched accessibility of The Last of Us Two in some way, that's even awesome. artists. You know,
0: that's awesome. That's so cool to hear.
1: Yeah, it's it's you don't see that all the time. Trust me, you don't.
0: <laughs> no, you don't. And, you know, and people like to try and, you know, really discredit The Last of Us Part Two as the first um, game built from the ground up for blind people. Um,
1: of course, I had to make a joke post about that, too, which I also <laughs> did.
0: Yeah, I know. But, you know, it's kind of sad that they try to discredit the game for what it has given the disability yeah. community just because they might not, well, one, like the company... Or 2 not like the way the story for the game went because of the, the characters and how they were depicted. So it is some, somewhat sad to see a game that is so revolutionary try and be discredited by trolls.
1: Yeah, it is. It is sad, but um, it's pretty easy to, to turn them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't like it when it happens. Don't get me wrong. Like no, I, I don't, no. I don't definitely don't like it, but at the same time it's, it's so disprovable the mm. things that they say. Yeah. That you know, I don't I don't not that I don't mind it, but like mm-hmm. I'll just do it and it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be nothing. It'll be over with in a second. Yeah. That guy that tried to discredit uh, the last two in that post a couple weeks ago, even said, Show me a playlist and I'll tell you all the things that's wrong with it. <laughs> so I, I just I gave him my playlist, mm-hmm. which contains multiple playthroughs of the game. Mm-hmm. And I never heard from him again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't respond. I know, and you know, and you know, you know, we're not. I'm not trying to bring this up to make it a can of worms, but I'm just I'm bringing it up because it's sad that there's people out there trying to discredit the work that you're doing, and just because of some personal agenda. And I think you know it doesn't do anybody any good to try and take away from the success that this game has had. And, and again, you know, it's not saying that the last of us part two is the only game that is doing accessibility, but no, it's definitely not, but definitely, you know, for me personally, I, I hold the game in such high regards, and I always will, and I will be biased. And I, and I'm not afraid to say that I am biased towards the game because it's the game that got me back into gaming. But yeah, the yeah. reason it got me back into the gaming is because it's accessible from the ground up for blind people.
1: yeah mm-hmm. So I think honestly, I think the discreditors that hurt me the most personally are the other blind people who discredit. It. Yeah, yeah, that that I don't know how to deal with that because yeah. like it it's I don't get it. like mm-hmm. if if they if they have a problem with the game that's you know, okay, okay, full disclosure. I know. The last two is not perfect. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Shocker. Oh yeah. Woo.
1: (laughs) Cancelled. But yeah, right. There are definitely things, and I've I've talked about this publicly plenty of times. There are there are things Last of Two could have done better. Mm -hmm. Um, there was there was things that I advocated for that didn't end up making it in. Not because they didn't want to do it, to be Mm -hmm. clear. Not because they didn't want to, but for whatever reason, you know, we might not have had time to do it. Mm -hmm. You know. Let's keep in mind all the waypoint markup was done manually by mm-hmm. a person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that took a lot of time to put together and that it's, it's a, an amazing system for what it is. Uh, also keep in mind that it is as good as it is, we have to keep in mind that it is still their first effort ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they did such a great job for something that is their first attempt right. at blind accessibility. So, you know, things like how uh, if you find a safe, you might as well, if you're blind, you might as well crack the safe because you can't leave the safe to go try to get the combination if you find it first mm-hmm. because you can't get back to the safe. Uh, right. Once you've interacted with the safe, it's gone from your scan. So that's that's not perfect. That right. that could be better. Um, there would ideally be an additional scan you could use to trace back to the safe you just found,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, something like that. But we don't we don't have that. So mm-hmm. no, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But to hear other blind people say things like, oh, The Last of Us 2 isn't accessible really because all it does is play itself. And uh, 3D games will never be accessible because they're too fast.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I don't understand it because it is accessible. It doesn't play itself. Mm. I challenge you to open The Last of Us 2 and do nothing and see how far you get. <laughs> um, you know, I don't get it. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and that's not the goal. The goal is not to make it to where you have to hold a button and then the game plays itself because then that's not true accessibility. That's just the game playing itself without you being able to control it. And I think it's important for people that are looking from the outside in is that we don't want the game to play itself. We want to play the game still. That's the important thing The balance when it comes to accessibility.
1: I I I actually advocated during my time at Naughty Dog. I said, I just want you guys to make sure that you understand that I'm not trying to create an easy mode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to make the game accessible to us. And yes, there are some concessions to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that again could have been better. I acknowledge this is not a perfect solution, but when you're in game development, you have to think about things like this. You have to be able, mm-hmm. able to think outside the box. So the whole invisibility well-prone mechanic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The reason that mechanic exists is to give the blind a shot at playing the game in a stealthy way
2: mm-hmm.
1: because there just was not enough time to mark up every single potential cover spot you could take. Mm-hmm. Ideally, that's what you'd want. You'd want uh, some kind of you know indication or some kind of way to move to the nearest cover spot. So you mm-hmm. could actually just take cover like a sighted person would, and that's that, right? but we don't have that. And because we don't have that, and because we still want to give the blind a playable experience of every type of, of, of uh, gameplay style that you could have in the last two, mm-hmm. we opted for the, the invisibility while prone mechanic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't like that mechanic, that's cool because mm-hmm. there's a limited version of it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, uh, is, which gives you a time limit on invisibility based on your stealth difficulty. So if you want a really high difficulty thing, that will allow you to go invisible for five seconds. Mm-hmm. We literally have that where it's only five seconds long.
0: Right. But, yeah. um,
1: mm-hmm. but concessions have to be made sometimes for playability mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to these giant games. And that was one of them that I'm, it took me a while because I, I, had, to, I had to spend a lot of thought time on that to, mm-hmm. to, to, to decide if I was ultimately okay with it. Because at first I was worried, mm-hmm. I was actually worried and people might not realize this, but I was worried that having this feature would make the game too easy. Hmm. Um, which is why we have the limited version. Because at first we didn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, at first it was just invisibility while prone and that was the end of it. Right. Um, but we have the limited version because I was concerned about how easy it would make the game um, because that's not what I was going for. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I decided, I decided that it was the right move because it would allow the blind to experience the stealth gameplay of The Last of Us 2 in a way that, that made sense for how much mm-hmm. time we had to develop and things like that. Um, because we couldn't do the whole cover based system. We just didn't have the time to mark everything up. Every single car you can crawl under every single wall you could hide against. You know, we didn't have the time for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, know, you know, you know and it's it important is. though, that people understand when it comes to development time is they have a very limited window once they start getting towards the end of development. Yep. And yep. if anything goes wrong, that means they have to push the game back. And that's, Cost a lot that of money. That game already delayed
1: like three times. Yeah,
0: again, yeah, and that was already delayed. It cost a lot of money. You have to extend contracts and all this other stuff.
1: Um, Redo marketing. Yeah, everything.
0: absolutely. So it's a lot of money. So you know, one, it's important that people understand that um, not everything that you talk about in development is going to make it to the final version of the game because unfortunately, yeah. there's just usually not enough time or not enough money to continue to putting in different and new things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I, I can't talk about this directly, but I'll yeah. tell you this. I'll tell you this. I know about features that were in the last was two for everyone, like mm-hmm. for sighted players and blind players alike features of the game mm-hmm. that didn't make it to the game. Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. Yeah. And you know, it's just, unfortunately, that's how game development goes is, you know, it's kind of the unfortunate, you know, you know, behind the scenes thing. It's just because, you know, they have they have to keep to a schedule. You know, they have an entire marketing and release window. And you know, sometimes, you know, they find that maybe things shouldn't be in there or you know, there's sort of things aren't working
1: right, you know, even before there's... release windows, even before release windows and yeah. stuff though, they have Uh, game developers have this thing called feature lock Mm -hmm. where there's 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 a point in time where you say okay every feature that's in the game that's what's in the game Mm -hmm. and that's it you can't add any more features at that point at that point you're just developing the features that are there making sure they work correctly yeah that's feature lock
0: yeah well you know it's good to you know to highlight that because you know i'm pretty sure you know people that are not in your position and are not De- helping with the development of accessibility options are like, well, I wasn't this feature in the game or it could have used this feature. And it's just like, listen, yeah. you just don't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is, this is me acknowledging to all of you The Last 2 is not perfect, but is it, is it accessible to blind people? Absolutely mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, absolutely. Can you play it as a totally blind person? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. play it on the hardest difficulty? Yes, you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's great because it also... Attributes to the idea that every person's visual impairment is different. You know, there are going to be people that are completely blind that might need a lot more assistance than someone, say, who's just starting to lose their vision or has only like lost 20% of their vision. You know, vision impairment is a very vast and complicated thing to understand from the outside looking in, because they don't realize that it's different for everybody and one person's experience will never be the same as another's.
1: Yep. That's very true.
0: Yeah. So that's why it's important when you're making a game to try and approach, you know, the different sides of, well, is it too easy? Um, can we keep it hard? You know, I know the big, um, big conversation right now has been Elden Ring <laughs> because ah, Elden Ring. <laughs> Yes, I know that has been a very big and highly debated topic because, of course, from software games are notoriously hard. But yep. in, you know, they, they kind of always have been. <laughs> so, again, you know, that's a game where when it comes to accessibility, you, you know, it's like, well, um, will it impact the, the difficulty of the game? And then, you know, of course, you know there's their their side from the developers why they didn't want to do certain things because of the difficulty of the game but um you know that's you know that's them and no
1: yeah there's a lot i could say but i I don't know i don't know if i'm (laughs) getting into all that (laughs) no
0: no but i'm saying you know you know it's it's a complicated and ever-evolving um process and you know yeah it'll never be truly perfect but my god have we come a long way and have you helped things continue to evolve even further
1: i appreciate that and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing that because yeah. uh, that's what i do that's what i do uh, no
0: absolutely and you know and um, it's it's good to hear that you are taking credit and you feel like you've made a difference because i can only imagine how hard it has been for you to feel you know like do i say that yeah um, yeah it, I, I, yeah, I, it I really it. <laughs> it really took a long
1: time to reach that yeah you know it, it really did um, no. but i'm glad i'm I'm glad I'm finally there now because it yeah. it has kind of enabled me to you know I think reach different people like different mm-hmm. groups of of like you know the development community and, and mm. things because now I will happily let you know the things that I have done yeah. you know and that uh, you can you know that's <laughs> and that, right as I can mm-hmm. and, that, and that that's you know that can make an impression on people mm-hmm. so I think, uh, reaching that point has helped me grow as a, you know, in, in my career. So
0: absolutely. And I, um, you know, I just want to, you know, ask you from here on out, just, you know, more of your, uh, philosophy and your personal opinions on a couple of things that, um, we yeah. are seeing in the industry right now. And, um, you know, the first one I, I, I love to ask and get your opinion on, um, especially since you have kind of seen the boon happen is, um, what would you say have been the biggest improvements in games when it comes to accessibility prior to it's kind of like bursting, you know, the bubble being burst and it's starting to take hold in the industry?
1: I think, honestly, the thing to bring up is not, not like one game feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing to say, I think the thing that answers this question is honestly the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I really mean that because like we're seeing more and more developers that are educated uh, about accessibility and more and more developers that are deciding to educate themselves about it Mm -hmm. um if you look at the ga conf attendance stats in 2017 there weren't a whole lot of people there Mm -hmm. i'll be honest there was like i think maybe a hundred maybe a little under that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in 2021 i believe they broke a record and there was over a thousand people there from across the industry wow um just look at that like mm-hmm. that that's that alone is mm-hmm. is a huge a huge thing because it means developers are now realizing the importance of accessibility and mm-hmm. they're they're willing to educate themselves learn how to make this happen in not just for blind accessibility i'm i'm talking just in general here just yeah, absolutely. general accessibility they're willing to make things happen and um, and they're learning they're mm-hmm. they're allowing themselves to learn how to do that so i think the biggest thing has been improvement of developer knowledge Mm -hmm. about all this because that's where it starts you know Mm -hmm. the the knowledge of what to do and then the enactment of that knowledge to do it
0: absolutely yeah that's that's a great point um what would you say has been something that has continued to hold back companies when it comes to getting on board with making games accessible uh, accessible because we do still unfortunately see some companies that are still kind of on the fence on whether they want to invest in this. I mean, again, we bring up that the, the information is there, so they there's no excuse of it being ill-informed. You know, people can yeah. definitely learn and have access to the education. So there's something else. And I was just wondering, from your personal perspective, um, if you think there is something that's holding some companies back.
1: I think, honestly, though... Even though you know we just talked about how the information is there, I think mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is holding companies back is is some developer some developers are not willing mm-hmm. to get that that education. Some, some developers are not willing to to do those thing, and a lot of that is fueled by uh, pre existing stereotypes about mm-hmm. accessibility. Um, like number one, uh, making a game accessible will you know destroy your vision of the game, right. you know, stuff like that. Number right. two, it'll make game your game too easy. Number three, mm-hmm. it'll cost too much. Which, right. Believe it or not, is not actually true. Um, it won't cost too much. It'll be worth it because the loyalty. The, right, right, because because it's been proven. Like mm-hmm. there's there's stats on some games about this that uh, the disabled are loyal mm-hmm. uh, to developers who who make games accessible to them.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: so they will pay. They mm-hmm. want to pay. Um, and so you will get. You know there will be profit. and, and there's and also. Um, people see uh, some developers see the disabled as a small group, mm-hmm. but really the truth is that they're not. Um, a huge percentage of the world's population is disabled. It's like yeah. it's like something close to thirty percent have some kind of disability. I believe. Yeah. I believe the, <laughs> the last stat was like thirty percent.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy number when you actually look into it.
1: Yeah. Some kind of disability. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be one, you know, particular thing. There are plenty of disabilities out there in this mm-hmm. world and a large number of people have some kind of disability, right? Uh, Some, some are using accessibility features and don't realize it. Yeah, absolutely. um, You know, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of different, a lot of different uh, facets to all this, Mm -hmm. but um, I think primarily the thing holding people back is not so much, you know, the technology is there. um, The resources are there, but I think some developers are kind of held back by their own fear
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of all these 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 stories that they they've heard about you know mm-hmm. the, the old the old way you know the, right. that that's too expensive and all this stuff all these all these urban legends you know mm-hmm. and uh, and so they don't look into it too hard and you know they they decide that it's not for them um, mm-hmm. but you know that's what we have to keep working to shatter just prove prove that that is not not true mm-hmm. um, show them what accessibility can be uh, make them make them see that we want to play their games and mm-hmm. uh, get them to work with us somehow
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah because you know. You brought it up, you know, um, you know, prior to me knowing what accessibility is, is I used a lot of accidental accessibility. Yep. Um, and what, what I mean by that to the listeners that are listening is basically it's, it's an option or it's a feature in a game that is not meant to be used the way that a disabled person uses it. So for instance, like the easiest example I could think of is like, um, like sound design and like a Pokemon game. Um, Because for me, that has helped me, Um, like, for instance, like, if you bump into an object, you hear like, like a, like a a bumper car noise. And it kind of lets you know, okay, you can no longer continue to move forward in this direction. That's accidental uh, accessibility. It's not intended to tell you, hey, you can't go this way anymore um, for a visually impaired person. But over time, that's what I've used it for. So it's accidental accessibility for me.
1: Yeah, I've, I actually know other blind people who play Pokemon mm-hmm. and use that. Like that's how they navigate. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. So you know, it's you know, it's also important though to also kind of bridge the gap between like accidental and true accessibility, um, because accidental accessibility still doesn't truly address the problem <laughs> yeah it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a band-aid at best exactly that's exactly what it is. it's a band-aid over a bigger wound that um, needs to be healed and um, so a you know, question that I, I, I want to ask you is as you have gotten more and more confident in your, yourself as an advocate um, what is something that you would say you definitely advocate for more than you used to when you were first starting out
1: uh, I think uh, nowadays I'm primarily advocating for universal accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot, well, not, not a lot, but there's, there's, some, there's some companies out there who take an example of a game that has some accessibility features and say, this game is accessible, mm-hmm. but don't, don't specify to who it's accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And I'll say this because I've said it publicly, Microsoft is a big, a big they, they do this a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do this a lot. Um, Microsoft has this thing where they like to say games are for everyone. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, well, I got the opportunity to talk to some Microsoft, uh, development teams at a, just a talk that there was, uh, that was offered to me. Mm -hmm. And I took that opportunity and I said, one of, I said, I said something that became one of my personal favorite quotes, uh, because I used their own marketing against them. So (laughs) during this talk. During this talk, I said, you know, I talked about accessibility for a long time, talked about my struggles with some of their games. And then I close it out by saying, guys, games aren't for everyone until they are.
0: Ooh, boom.
1: Oh man, that's
0: powerful.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. that's right. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm pushing right now, especially yeah. when it comes to the advocacy side of my work, is just universal accessibility. Mm-hmm. like. I, I just don't think developers should call their game accessible mm-hmm. um, without either specifying who is accessible for, mm-hmm. or isn't, um, or it actually being accessible to basically everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I don't think you end. You don't end the statement with "this game is accessible."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think you can do that because that doesn't. That will that will get some people's hopes up. Like, mm-hmm. Gears Five is a great example of this. They called themselves the most accessible shooter of all time. And in some ways, they probably are, mm-hmm. but not to the blind. Right. We can't play the campaign at all. <laughs> right.
0: No, and that's so. that's a very good point is, you know, don't blanket um, your statement when it comes to accessibility because it will get people's help up. They're like, oh, yeah, because like, oh, I can't wait me, to play this. They yeah, said it's exactly. accessible. Yeah, exactly. And the reason I don't play shooter games is because, the majority of them are not accessible to the blind or the visually impaired in any capacity. So I haven't played a a shooter game since Halo 3 when I still had vision that I could play the game on my own. And it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, they don't. And then when they say, oh, it is, and then you get into that, there's nothing more disappointing than you thinking a game is going to be for you because they've marketed it that way. And you realize, oh, no, it's not. It's for everybody else but my community. And yeah, exactly. that's the biggest discourtesy um, that you can do when it comes to dis- um, um, accessibility and disability.
1: That's why I went off on Gears 5. Just to go back to my, my discussion of my rant at Gears 5, mm-hmm. that's, that's the reason I went off on them, because mm-hmm. not only did they market themselves as the most accessible shooter of all time, but they had incomplete features.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Gears 5's narration doesn't read the tutorial messages mm-hmm. that you start the game with. doesn't read them.
2: Yeah.
1: It reads some of the menus, most of the menus now, I think. They've, they have improved them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't read, it reads actually, no, it gets worse. It reads the first tutorial message and then it doesn't read any of the other ones. Oh
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh so yeah, it, yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more weirder or like it's just like WTF when you're like having a narrator and it reads and then all of a sudden it just it's silent. It just you're doesn't like, anymore. Okay, so is this coming back or am I just you know, treading water
1: now. <laughs> it's like, it's like reaction one. Oh, good. It reads me the tutorial so I can yeah. learn how to play the game. Yeah. Reaction two. Oh, it doesn't. though. Oh. Well. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. But no, I completely agree with you on universal, you know, um, yeah, you know, just definitely like, let's stop giving credit to games that aren't universally accessible.
1: Well, that's that's not entirely true. Well, I, I was just gonna say give, well, you know, give, that's not yeah. true.
0: Let's give them credit. But um, and what uh, you know, I'll bandage this up and basically, you know, what I was trying to say is like um just you know, just do better.
1: <laughs> give give credit to the 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 developers who who try accessibility yeah. for right. some for for a group. They still deserve right. credit for right. doing the things that they do. Right. But but also I, I feel like we shouldn't be afraid to speak up for ourselves either. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to stop being afraid to speak up and yeah. say, well, this game is not accessible for me. Um, can we talk about that? Like, you know, we should have those conversations, you know, that that's, like, be that's why you're
0: the expert. You, you, you said it better than I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for years. <laughs> you knew what the,
0: you, you knew what I wanted to say. Oh, yeah.
1: I get you. I get you. <laughs> no. I just want to make sure the listeners got you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes.
0: <yeah. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to upset anybody. And, and, and again, no, you know, I don't want to come off as of sound like, oh, if, if a game's not accessible for my community, then I just, you know, dogpile on them. You know, no, that's, not, that's not what I'm trying to come off as. Of, because, you know, I, I do give them credit for everything that they do and try to implement in their games even if it's not for me because I can see yeah. the value and you know the thing is also you know um sometimes even visually impaired people use you know other accessible options that aren't marketed or labeled as visually impaired Um, you know, I I like to use a lot of motor and sensory stuff
1: myself, you know, sure. not because I
0: have, yeah, it's not because I had those disabilities, but it's because it benefits me in my play style.
1: I mean, heck Forza Horizon 5, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not, it's not accessible for me in a way that I would like to play it, Mm -hmm. but I, I do know plenty of blind people who do play Forza Horizon 5 using Mm -hmm. the uh, essentially, the the auto steering, one touch driving type thing, mm. and you know that's that's not for me. That's my personal choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the fact is, it does work. Mm-hmm. And that feature was built for motor impaired people. It was yeah. built so you can you can you know just play the game with one button. That's that's yeah. why it's there. It's not yeah. it's not made for blind people. But Black people have gone through the Forza Horizon 5 story using that feature. That's mm-hmm. great. I mean, if you yeah. want to do it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, just not, it's not for me. It's, it's not right. something that I want to do. I want, I want the full-on experience if I can right. have it. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. but sure, you know, more power to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, that's where I want to, you know, make sure that people understand is like, yeah, but, you know, it, even if you don't have something for me um, that's directly for my impairment or my disability, um, I still applaud you for the ones that you worked on and are revolutionizing, uh, because I probably will still use it or maybe at least dabble in it and to an extent. Sure. And you know, yeah. to that, you you made a difference, and you are helping the community in the industry as a whole.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, keep doing the thing, developers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> keep doing the
1: thing. Keep making the games
0: better, because you know the funny thing is, <laughs> is um. I can't really get into uh, what I did and who I did it with, but uh, I talked to a a company that was doing a study for a a studio. And um, I had recently completed a let's play of the very first game in the, the franchise's series for this game. And it was funny to then have them talking to me about the most recent one,
1: because (laughs) it was
0: funny to tell them it's like, yeah, so this game is so much better than the what it used to be because if if you try to introduce this game like it was built back in the day, um, it'd be dead on arrival for me. But it's <laughs> it's just, you know, it's crazy to think just how much the industry has changed and how much yeah some games, like there's still like games from the early 2000s that are out there and then they have new games come out and it's just like, I can't believe this is the same game I played back in 2001.
1: Yeah, yeah it's so different now.
0: Yeah. So it's definitely, definitely crazy um, to see just how much it's changed. And of course, you know, a couple of decades will do that. But it still is mind-blowing to think, you know, there are games out there that have pretty much completely transformed themselves and are like no longer recognizable because of the accessibility options that they offer now.
1: Yeah yeah it's amazing
0: yeah it's truly. amazing
1: we're, we're in we're in a very interesting time right now yeah i think i think you can 100 percent expect it to only get crazier from here yeah, yeah uh, and, you know and that's you know once what, i can what, finally what, talk about all the things i'm doing now oh boy
0: yeah i mean i mean if there's anything that you can say i mean what do you think is the craziest thing about what's going on right now it's like what what do you think the, 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 the next big thing is is you know i mean you, you've you know seen oh, some that's, great that's things happen some,
1: that's walking the line okay because, okay i understand because, because the thing is like it's hard to answer that question right yeah, now yeah. because i know things that people mm-hmm. don't know right right so i kind of know what uh-huh. the next all big right. things might be <laughs> okay all right
0: i'll come back to you in a so, couple of months maybe two years and ask you the same question.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> talk about it then. We'll talk about. Uh, I'll let you know what I was thinking when you asked that question you know, two years ago.
0: <laughs> no, but you know that that is the the crazy thing about what you do is you know you you really are um, in the fold of it all, and um, you're seeing it play out in real time. And I know for a fact it makes you excited. I can just I can hear it, it does. in your, in your it voice does. when
1: you speak it does there are big things coming up i Mm -hmm. promise that that that's that's something i will say Mm -hmm. there are big things coming up that i i'm pretty sure very few people see coming is Mm -hmm. what i'll say
0: oh well that see i think that's enough to make people excited because (laughs) from what we've (laughs) already seen to give us something like like okay yeah all right all right i'm ready for the hype then
1: (laughs) yeah yeah there's some cool
0: stuff Well, I just want to thank you so, so much for um, sitting down with me today, letting me talk to you, you know, get to unpack what you've done and what you still are doing. Again, you know, I extend nothing but the greatest of gratitude towards the work you've done. It's helped me um, do this career. I never thought for a second I would be doing accessibility, um, doing a podcast, writing. Yeah, totally. Published. It's. It's crazy to think. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's awesome to be able to talk to one of my my role models and my inspirations
1: um, for this. Thank you very much. (laughs) I uh, I mean, I mean, that I mean, that I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's, you know, here I am having to take credit again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it's good that you take credit for it, though. Going back to that um yeah. if the listeners want to follow what you're doing um can you share the best way for them to keep up with you um again share those yeah.
1: links and you know tell us how we can keep up with brandon cole there's a lot of ways um mm-hmm. if you look if you look for super blind man you'll find me pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. i'm super blind man on twitter i'm super mm-hmm. blind man on youtube i'm super blind man on twitch um those are probably the three primary links you can use mm-hmm. uh, otherwise Check out my website, BrandonCole.net, which will have all those links and more. Um, I mean, I can—you can literally hire me from my website now. So mm-hmm. there's that's a thing. Um, but you'll 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 find my blog there, mm-hmm. uh, my reviews for games there. Um, that's that's how you find me. All those all those places.
0: Oh, right, you heard it first here, and I definitely, you know, this you know this is just me personally plugging his website, um, Brandon Nicole. It's an amazing blog. Um, I check it out you know, very frequently to see what he has to say because he has a lot of great insight and um, definitely would recommend if you are into gaming, especially the innovations taking place in accessibility, check out his website because he has a lot of great insight and um, recommendations and reviews. So definitely I can't plug his website enough. (laughs) All right, then all right i'll take it (laughs) it. thank you so much um mr cole for allowing me to talk to you today it has been amazing this is definitely one of the highlights of my career so far
1: cool well thank you very much for for having me and and good luck with all the things that you're doing as well
0: thank you so much i appreciate it um i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and have a great rest of the week
1: the rest of my day is another interview after this all right well (laughs)
0: take care uh hope you had fun and um good luck i did
1: i did all, all right. right. Have a good one,
0: my friend. It's you, too, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. That is the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me talking with Brandon Cole. It was absolutely amazing to talk to him. Again, I can't just say how much he has um, inspired me to do all the things that I'm doing. So it was great to talk to him today. I hope you had fun. Thank you so much. Again, if you have any questions for me or any of my guests, you can email me at CMBalton, that's C-M as in Michael, B as in boy, O-U-T-O-N as in November at yahoo.com. Of course, you can find the podcast on Twitter at 2200Hindsight. Please be sure to follow. I will always update you on the guests that I have. And again, I'm on Anchor FM. That's where you can find the podcast. And hopefully real soon, you can also find it on Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you so much. I hope you had a great time and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.